Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all. It's Dana Scott from Arizona Republic, uh, Believe Network. I am Suns Beat Writer. For my co-host, Patrick Patillo, a.k.a. Mr. Orange, the Sun superfan. He is actually Dr. Patillo because he has his Ph.D. And the legend, Cedric Tabalas from the Phoenix Suns, Lakers, Dallas Mavericks, and briefly from the Denver Nuggets. In fact, I was in Denver this past weekend. Briefly. <laughs> briefly. Yeah, I was in Denver this past weekend discussing that, that you had that jersey basically for about like a, I don't know, a day maybe? A couple days couple days okay <laughs> yeah well this is episode 35 of the infernal sons podcast uh we're going to discuss a couple things about the nfl games this past weekend i know we normally cover the sun stuff but uh you know we got a couple of uh we got a cowboys fan here and said he has his place also in dallas right that's our cowboys man our cowboys <laughs> they got beat by the cardinals uh, in on Sunday, and that was quite the game. That was a, a crazy finish uh, all around. And then um, we also got to discuss the Aiton and Damian Lillard uh, trade rumors as well as the load management rules that we didn't get discussed from about two weeks ago. So we'll start with the Cowboys, man. Uh, I know that there's always riding high. Uh, and also, big up to the Giants. Uh, I'm not a Giants fan, but – you yes, sir. <laughs> you actually were there to see the Cardinals blow that second half lead. It's 24 unanswered points, and they just totally collapsed in the final minute to the Giants. And that was crazy to see. What was it like to be a part of the G-Men clan in State Farm Stadium? In week two. Well, total opposite of uh, what it would have been like for said to be there, um, you know, <laughs> with the Cowboys. But it was really a tale of two halves. I know we were texting during the game, Dana, uh, and so many people were just all the Cardinal fans texting me of like, you know, you guys are really, really bad. Um, and obviously coming off off of how we played against uh, Dallas, you wouldn't be wrong to say that. But um, yeah, then to come out, obviously, yeah, the Cardinals collapsed. But, um, you know, Giants had to put a number of drives together, uh, had a score. And, and how to execute down the stretch. So it was it was a good atmosphere because just like the Cowboys, I'm sure uh, there was a very, very good showing of uh, Giants fans in there. So from a crowd perspective, it was a probably 50-50 uh, from an energy perspective, depending on what was going on in there. So, um, yeah, it's just, just like the NBA. It's professional sports, and uh, it's just who shows up, uh, who rides the energy, and who makes those adjustments. And sometimes, uh, you know, a team like the Cowboys that looked really, really good, um, you know, came out against a team that had nothing to lose they pulled you know the cardinals pulled out tons of trick plays and and all the types of uh trickery and it worked uh to to you know not to said's advantage but uh it definitely worked so yeah it was exciting to be a part of a game like that taylor two halves and not just a blowout it's tough look it's just, it seems like you're a bookend a, a mirror bookend as a giants fan uh to michael strahan Doctor, I, I mean, for real, like when when the Giants are killing and playing well, it's a totally different story. But when they come down and 
lay an egg, especially because we always go back and forth when they play each other. Oh yeah, always like yo, you know, just you know, I love I love watching football. I I, it, I turned into a fan as a kid. It took me a while uh, to turn to watch sports. Period. To turn back into a fan because when you're a player. Uh, you, you look at it a certain way, and then when you go on the business side and the front office, you look at it like a like why well, why aren't they giving away T-shirts and why aren't they this that and other and why we, he misspelled the sponsorship and this that and other. So um, it took me a while to get back, but now that I'm back, man, I just love watching the games. Period. Uh, the Monday nights, the Thursday nights, the Sunday night games are just stop the house, whatever's going on, let's watch it. These two games are throwing me off though. These double headers on Monday are 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 really tricking me off because I find a different location to go to, to get some grub and, you know, get that whole atmosphere. And then you walk in and it's like the second half and it's daylight outside. It's kind of confusing. Uh, and you, you kind of, uh, we're missing on that, but, uh, our experience on going to, uh, watch the, um, the Cardinals play the Cowboys was, was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Even though we came away with the L, uh, Arizona sports uh, fans are are the best, and and uh, you know a couple booze, couple nags here, and uh, I have my cowboy shirt on with some bottles on the back, a couple back, you know, shoulder pats and, and pounds and high fives. But uh, I got to eat some really good food at the tailgating uh, situation, uh, and uh, uh, got to take some really great pictures and, and meet meet a lot of great people. But it would have been best, you know, after spending all that money on tickets, if we would have got a win. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. It's just the fact that the NFL, which stands for, as Jerry Glanville once said 30 years ago, not for long, right? So, I mean, it's just something where if you have a lead, there's nothing guaranteed. You know, you have to find a way to close out the team that you're playing. And the Cowboys were favored. They were missing Trayvon Diggs, who's, you know, one of their top uh, D-backs. And that's going to be an issue where they're probably going to miss him for the whole season from his uh, ACL tear in practice, right? I think that's what happened, correct? Yeah, that was la during last week in practice. So that's a big blow, you know, especially with Micah Parsons being a, the a defensive monster that he is. That was the story coming into the game. How are you going to stop Micah Parsons, being that he can just get through any uh, front, you know, of an offensive line that throws a scheme to keep him out? So it's just a matter of, uh, trying to do what you can to uh, basically revive the home crowd. And the Cardinals did that. Uh, they had six straight home losses dating back to last season. And this win with their uh, replacement starting quarterback, Josh Dobbs, who's playing well. Uh, he's actually ninth in rushing yards among QBs. And he's second in rushing yards behind the league's fourth best rusher right now in James Conner who's also doing some great work for the Cardinals. So I think that uh, – and also uh, Josh Dobbs is fourth in uh, completion percentage, 72%. So, I mean, big up to Josh Dobbs doing his thing. And I just wrote that he can't even get – he couldn't even get his jersey at the team store this past you know, weekend. That was kind of crazy. You know, I don't know if you saw that going viral, but, yeah, he couldn't get his jersey as he went for something customized for his family member. And Saturday afternoon, the Cardinals uh, addressed that, and they posted that in their uh, – X account, which is formerly Twitter, to say that they address the issue. So uh, big up to the journeyman Josh Dobbs doing his thing in Kyler's place. Uh, our next topic is, oh, I'm a Jets fan. I just want to say that. So I don't even want to discuss what's going on with my team now. Okay, I'll just put that out there. All right. So I'm steering clear of what I got to say about the NFL from my own fan perspective. As for 
the next topic, Dame Lillard and DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, Dame Lillard wants to get out to Miami Heat. They are basically balking on accepting a, a trade offer from uh, – or actually, they, I should get back and say that the Portland Trail Blazers are not right now accepting a trade offer from the Miami Heat. And Miami Heat is reportedly daring the Blazers to find a better deal. There's teams such as Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, um, and and uh, they're all interested right now to possibly get in with a Dame sweepstakes. Uh, so I said Toronto already, did I not? Okay, so that's one thing. And no, also the Suns are somehow rumored to be a part of this as a potential trade partner. I saw this on NBA Today on ESPN earlier, Bobby Marks talking about how the Suns could possibly be a trade partner with the Celtics to get Dame Lillard uh, over to Boston uh, and the Suns could possibly get in a trade um, a machine that works Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams the third. Now, I don't know how that sounds, but Aiden would be the one shipped off to the Portland Trail Blazers, and Dame would go to Boston. Now, how do you feel about the trade rumors of Aiden popping up again? This has happened before, and now here he is again, and they're possibly thinking of who would be the fifth starter, let alone the fourth piece in putting Aiden back on the trading block. We'll start with you, said. Uh, it's just the uncertainty of of Aiton. Uh, not really sure if uh, his problems were solved with the dismissal of Monty and uh, Chris Paul being uh, let go. If that was his problems, and you know, obviously, you know, you know, as an organization, they solved those problems, and they're not really sure. But I think it's also um, a situation where cap wise, uh, I think it also, I think. I'm a big fan, and I've already said this even before he was with the Suns, uh, that Bowl Bowl is is to be reckoned with. You give him an opportunity to play. You give him a chance for his freedom. You 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 relinquish the dogs, so to speak, on him, and, and he'll show you that he can, you know, be the defender that you want him to be, uh, be that inside presence. This is a perimeter game. He can perimeter shoot. Uh, but he also can go on the paint and also start a break for you on the defensive uh, and offensive side uh, by putbacks and and, and uh, starting a fast break off of defensive rebounds. So I think the workouts uh, that the Suns are having now, gearing up for training camp, I think this is opens up a lot of eyes. You know, obviously we gonna we we are stealing Bobo right now for the price that he has, and Aiton has this huge contract that we made. Can you know? You know, move on and then get some younger, some younger legs, and also some later, some less years. Uh, if we do make the trade with Boston, but uh, I think it's mostly guys, um, just the uncertainty of if he's happy uh, now that Chris and, and, and Monty are not with the organization. I'm wondering, like, if you're getting rid of Aiden and he's owed a uh, hundred, uh, the four year, hundred thirty three million deal. Right, so he's getting thirty-two and a half million a year. And then you're possibly taking on a Robert Williams the third, who has had his health issues the uh, past two years. Great rim protector, uh, probably one of the best uh, younger rim protectors in the league. You know, defensive monster. And then Brogdon, with his situation going on in Boston, apparently uh, he's not happy uh, with how they've gone about 
uh, with him in Boston, and he's they th- put him on the trading block for the Clippers. Apparently, reportedly wasn't happy about that uh, after they had their great run with Brogdon uh, last season, uh, which was his first year in Boston. They made their run to that seven-game uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. So what would you say about that, Patrick, and, and how – is it Suns trying to basically go small with putting possibly in on the rumor of Mill and, and, and the trade block? No, I, I think Sid hit on a few good points. I think the biggest being the, the salary cap and situation that the Suns are in and, and the value that DA has and what he holds up for the organization. So I think also it also shouldn't be surprising, right, since – uh, Matt Ishbia took over and everyone pretty much but Devin Booker in that original trade uh, became untouchable when, you know, from everything we had heard uh, in the public was that James Jones was not allowing, you know, Mikel Bridges to be part of those conversations. So I think if any team brings up a, any type of trade scenario, uh, any business should look at that. And DA's name obviously adds value some places. And that's where this came back. So I think, of course, it's easy to look at, oh, is there still problems with DA or this or that? I think if the deal's right and it includes DA and it makes sense for the organization, there there's no reason not to go for that. Um, and, but if it's not the right deal, I don't think it's a situation where we're just, you know, the organization is trying to get DA out of here. I think they're very content on keeping him here and, and seeing what he does with a whole new staff um, and the personnel situation the way it is and and rolling the dice with that. But if, if there's an opportunity, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't look at it. So to me, it's it's a whole lot of nothing. It's business as usual. And he's not not a protected uh, individual within the organization that is not going to be a part of trade conversations. And I would hope he takes that same approach um, and uh, approaches it like a professional and, you know, reports on time and and all the things. But to me, it's just, um, you know, part of the business, really. And also, let me add add that that we haven't seen or we're not in the workouts right now, you know, so, you know, they may be seeing the same thing and they don't want that to be seen publicly. To now we're stuck with this with this contract. That, you know, if he comes back and plays like he played, and you, know, you know against Denver, um, you know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Wow, well, let me back away." You 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 signed that contract now. You got to keep him. So this may be another ploy. Like if we're gonna do this, let's do this before he gets uh, national exposure that he's still playing the way he you know uh, disgruntled and not you know giving the effort that 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 uh, the Suns and Suns fans want. Yeah, because the Nuggets are really the uh, gold standard right now, so to speak. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but they are the gold standard for who to beat in the West. And that's where you have to address how to defend against Jokic. How do you, You're not going to stop him, but how do you contain the personnel around Jokic so that way you can take away his options as the Suns did in, you know, game four in Phoenix. So, you know, with Jock Landale in that great game that they won, right? So, you know, with games five and six, it wasn't the same way. You know, DA got hurt. Game six, DA wasn't there. But then when he is there, it's like, how do you get him? uh, How do you get a a player who will get higher percentage uh, shots and, you know, basically uh, be able to protect the rim and block shots as well as DA does. Robert Williams III does that, but you know he's he's had issues with his his legs, and the Celtics just gave him a big contract extension. So I know Matt Ishby is not really one who frets about money, as we've seen. He doesn't 
you really care. Um, the Suns have filled out their roster uh, fairly well with the bench. You know, since then on a vet minimums, uh, since they all had their top heavy payroll with uh, Booker, Durant, and Bradley Beal uh, for his, you know, four years left on his two hundred fifty one million deal that he signed last summer. So. Um, I mean, with Robert Williams III and you're bringing on a guy who's Malcolm Brogdon, who is uh, a worthy, you know, backup point guard and a former rookie of the year. And, you know, he's he's had, you know, great, great numbers since. It's like you're going to have to pay that guy. So it's like uh, it just seems to me that you're going you you basically be, be going small. Uh, but in, in Robert Williams is a guy who seems like he can run the floor better than D.A. can in a way. Uh, maybe not better, but maybe it's almost like you're kind of maybe basically paying for the same thing, you know, and, and DA's contract is a little bit smaller than Robert Williams' contract. I don't have the spot track numbers in front of me. But my next question is about if Dame Lillard does get moved to a place in the East, how does that pose a threat to the Suns' chances of winning a championship and being that an Eastern Conference team with Dame Lillard obviously could be in the way as a title contender? I'll go with you, said first. Well, very dangerous, especially if he gets to Boston or Miami. Uh, but the, the the great thing about that is that, uh, you know, in order to do that, we have to see one of those teams in the finals. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, get Dame out of there. You know, get him out of the Western Conference so we don't have to see him, you know, in a Laker uniform. We don't have to see him, you know, God forbid, in a Denver uniform or, right. or you know, something where you have, like, first round, second round, okay, you got to deal with a guy, you know, who uh, – uh, has a chip on his shoulder, and even and even in uh, Portland, if he is up staying in Portland, uh, what kind of rampage he's going to be giving guards uh, because he has to stay in Portland, uh, and I don't think he's going to be a guy. And plus the NBA, and we'll talk about that later on. On guys are you know uh, sitting out because you know they're not getting what they want, or their, or their team wants to trade them later. Um, you know you, you're going to see uh, a, a Dame Lillard, Dame time with an attitude, and I don't think. Any guard in the Western Conference wants to see that uh, two, three to four times uh, a year. Yeah, I agree with you, mean with that. Patrick, your take on that? Yeah, I think uh, the best part is if, if we have to worry about it, then that's a great problem to have because we're in the NBA Finals. And, and at that point, it's, uh, you know, win, win it all or not. And um, I think that would be an amazing matchup and story. Uh, you know, for the Suns to to match up against him and have specifically Booker uh, and Dame go at it. But, um, you know, there's there's a whole lot uh, that could happen between now and that taking place. And how does Portland move on this? And as said, alluded to kind of the new the new policies that are in place about resting and uh, that that whole approach. So I think um, there's there's a lot that factor in in these next coming weeks as we hit training camps and then uh, preseason here, you know, in, in just a couple more weeks. Yeah, and I will say that the NBA's version of hard knocks is the Phoenix Suns, and I will make that parallel to the Jets because of the, what the Suns have brought in is basically to win it this year, not next year, you know, not the year after because Durant's window for winning another title is very short, being that he's 35 as of the 29th this month. So we're at, that's Thursday, right? So – with Bradley Beal being 31, Devin Booker still young, Aiden still young, and a lot of these veterans, you know, that are coming in, you know, that's, you know, Eric Gordon, you know, of course, his window to win a title is, is, is very short too. So the people that they're bringing in that I see is basically everybody's watching what the Phoenix Suns are going to do this year, and that's why 
Ishbia has invested so much in this team, not for a long term, but really it's a short term and huge investment to get it all done in 2024 rather than 2025, 2026. So that's what you're paying all these guys for. Other than that, it is a failure. Let's be real. Like if they don't win the title this year, you know, this upcoming season and training camp starts next week, media days on Monday. Um, but speaking of what you said, load management, the new rules came out two weeks ago uh, about how the Suns uh, are affected and with KD actually in a positive way where he is one of the few who can be 30, were 35 or older all stars within the past three years who can sit out back to back games that are televised, their second of back to backs that are televised, right? That's the new rule that you can't sit out a second of a back to back unless you played a thousand games in your career and he's up to 984 or he's 35 rollers. So those are LeBron James, those are the Kevin Durant's and the, you know, Russell Westbrook's um, guys of that nature who is also 35. Those are the types of players who actually are on the list to, or actually exempt from having uh, to not be able to sit out. And the guys are basically uh, Adam Silver and company in the front office uh, in New York are really tired of teams resting players and fans basically being disappointed. Like we saw with Jimmy Butler last year, where a young fan comes up with a Jimmy Butler sign and basically Jimmy's not playing things of that nature. So we're going to see a lot more Suns with this new big three. So what do you think about that, Patrick, with this new load management rules that the NBA has implemented for this season? I think it's great, uh, specifically from a fan perspective, right? Um, especially in Phoenix, our tickets are not inexpensive. And so I know people, you know, purchase tickets, obviously, to come watch the, the Phoenix Suns, but specifically the uh, stars from other teams. And, you know, it's extremely disappointing when they do that. Um, and, and I hear it when I'm at the games and, and they're here. And then, you know, they get an alert, you know, an hour before the game that they're not playing. And so, and they paid, you know, ample money uh, to be able to come here and see that and so you know from that aspect i think it makes great sense i think the nba and the owners really um, are focused on it because those fines become extremely hefty uh quickly and so it's not you know the five thousand dollars or whatever it is for a technical foul you know etc where yeah i mean that's money to, to most people but in in the grand scheme of things you hear people you know players some of them talk about it like oh yeah you know it is what it is but um in this aspect i think the the league is really doing a, a great job of making sure people are resting for the right reasons and uh, they're not being inconsiderate, right? So they're taking age in, in, into consideration where it should be, right? So you want to not put anyone at risk of injury uh, regardless. So it, it's not a blanket rule that was just thrown out. It, it looks like they put some thought into it and collaboration. And so uh, excited, you know, for the organization and obviously the fans to be able to see the benefits of a policy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Me being on, you know, both sides and I played in, I say all three eras. Uh, <laughs> And that first era that I played in, when we had to get up four o'clock in the morning and catch charter plane, I mean, regular plane, commercial planes to get to that next game uh, the next day when we had back-to-backs carrying our jerseys, washing our own jerseys. Wait, you so were washing your own jerseys? Oh, yeah. You had to wash your own jerseys, man. Some players wouldn't even wash their jerseys. You, you didn't even want to guard them. You know, that's how that's how bad strategic it was. Strategic advantage. So, strategic <laughs> advantage. It's totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and the, some of the young guys are always posting, like, these. you know, these older guys is bitter and this, that, and other. Like, there's no bitterness towards myself. I'm 
I'm happy for each and every one of them. I, I think that they're better athletes than we were back then because of the technology, because of the knowledge that they have now, uh, uh, and the fact that they can jump on private planes and, and get massages and do all that. Uh, and obviously the technology of the shoes and the equipment is, is much better. Uh, but I just, I just think it's a bummer sometimes uh, that they don't put the onus on where it should lie. And that's the coaching staff. And let me explain what I say by this. Um, uh, I, I play with uh, KJ, obviously, you know, injury prone, uh, but Cotton would manage his minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you can still become a Hall of Famer, a.k.a. John Stockton, with your coach telling you, no, you're coming out the game this time every first quarter, and you're not going back in the game until this time, no matter what the score is. So coaches, build up your bench. So you can use your bench. If you have the superstars and LeBrons and, and Kawhis and all this, you know, 48 minutes, yeah, you might have if he's got it going. You know, if Kobe, you know, when Kobe was alive, when Kobe got a 61 game going or 82 game going or almost a hundred point game going, yeah, you let him ride with it. But a regular season game, you got to already plan to get your your star player to define his minutes, the greatest minutes where he's going to be effective. And then also LeBron's sub. And 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 KD sub, build them up so they can come in the game and give you a good quality 10 to maybe 20 minutes, depending on what the score of the game is. And that way they get rest. Uh and you and you plan this. What's one thing great Paul Westball, rest in peace, used to do? He put six games on the boards mm -hmm. and he would plan six games ahead, like, okay. Uh, this is going we going into New York and we got New York and then we also have Golden State and we got Golden State and Sacramento and then we go play the Lakers. Okay, this is a tough situation for Charles. He's going to get beat up. This is a tough situation for, for KJ because he's got to go magic and he's got to go TMC. I got to make sure I rest these guys and put these guys in certain place. So he would come to me and Richard and Marley and everybody else and say, hey, you're going to have to pick it up because we got to make sure Charles gets his rest and KJ gets his rest and this, that, and the other. And knowing the score, um, and, and a lot of times now they – they keep them in the game for statistic wise. Mm -hmm. right. You know, they're they're two points or two assists away from a triple double. Well, sometimes that's gonna take six minutes to get, and that's six minutes they could have been sitting on the bench that they try to go, oh man, why and, you know, and, and it's us as media too. We come in the uh, press conference after, oh, well, how come you left LeBron out there? You know, how come you didn't let him leave him out there for his triple double? So it's a combined, but I think it's the onus is on the coaching and coaching staff uh to know that I have to build my bench up and I can't have guys, you know, making all this money and just sitting over there and, when, and I'm just dragging Kawhi and LeBron and everybody else, KD, 48 minutes a game and 40 minutes a game just wearing their bodies out. So great job by the NBA. And I hope that, you know, owners just don't go, hey, it's just money. Uh, sit them out and, and start doing that and stuff, just throwing money away. Yeah, what, who's the team that you immediately thought of with this load management rule? I thought of the Clippers first because of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and what we've seen the past couple of years. And they just, you know, getting more money, you know, for four, they, they came to LA, you know, from uh, Toronto after uh, 2019 when uh, Kawhi won the title there. And also Paul got traded from the Oklahoma city thunder uh, that same uh, in July 2019 to join Kawhi. And ever since, they haven't really played. They played, uh, I believe, a, a total of 124 games uh, since they got to L.A. You know, combined. Uh, I mean, or individually. So it's like I, I'm, I'm blanking on the number. But the point is, is that the Clippers load managed Kawhi a lot. And they did a lot early last season. 
And uh, obviously he's had his injuries over the past five years with his leg and, you know, his quad from San Antonio, right? Um, and also he missed the playoffs, understandably, against the Suns uh, because of his knee injury. And then uh, I know that Paul had his injuries as well. So th that's the thing that I thought of first. And then big uh, correction maybe back up about Russell Westbrook. He actually was an all-star in 2020. And the stipulation is that for guys that are turning 35 before the season tip-off, they are eligible to become uh, guys that sit out from games that is a second of a back-to-back -back that would be televised. So that would take Russell Westbrook off the table for that. So sorry for that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think of the Clippers. I, I thought of the source of this madness. And 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 both of those players are, you know, kids that have been birthed from the Popovich organization, uh, and, and that's why they, you Ooh. know, they sit out. And obviously, they went to Steve like, "Hey, this is how we used to do it, and this is that and the other." And uh, you know, obviously, Kawhi played in San Antonio, uh, won a championship there, and then Paul, being on the uh, Olympic team, mm -hmm. uh, with Popovich was running the Olympic team, so he got that same, you know, you know, sit down, get your rest, and and it's just it's it's sad, man. It's just, sad I, I get this gonna make them uh you know play longer and and, and it's gonna you know, be a more effective when they need to be effective uh but uh, i, I want to see him playing I, I will if i'm on the team i'm upset if i'm a guy not getting minutes i'm upset i'm like the guy doesn't need to go 42 minutes a game right uh, I, I practice with him all the time and a, you know and, and and even and even sometimes uh even when our son's team are our, our Thirty years ago, Suns team when Charles never practiced with us, he warm up with us, and then he goes sit in the jacuzzi watching Sports Center or reading the newspaper. You know, we were kind of fine with that. That's when you get your rest, right? Oh, but you know, it's you know, it's it's a grind, or or and it started with I, I say San Antonio, and and obviously it worked out for them because they have championships and uh, through Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan's system. But uh, since then. You know, I I just like I already know Victor is gonna be sitting out some games. You know, the guy is two years old. <laughs> He's gonna be sitting out some games this year because yeah. Popovich thinks, oh, this is the right way. I gotta save the guy. Oh, it's too much pounding on the He's twelve years old, Popovich. Yeah. He's two years low. Let him play, let him learn, let him get beat up. It's it's a pain. It's 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 tough on his body, but that's why he's gonna make a hundred million million a year. I mean, that guy's gonna be paid so crazy. So the culprit yeah. is the winningest coach in the league. Yeah. Look, it's crazy that uh, we, okay. Sid and I, did not talk about this at all. But right when you asked the question, Dana, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm gonna be on an island here because I one, I didn't think of the Clippers because I think a lot of that management is was warranted. But I, I was gonna go right to San Antonio as well, and that's because you know I still remember the game in Phoenix where Pop didn't even fly out himself. They all stayed back, a ton of them, and and the owner at the time, Robert Sarver, got on the the mic in the middle of the game and was like, "I'm refunding every single one of you our your ticket." Like he he was taught himself, and so you know, to your question, I was going to say to me, the the Spurs is who I thought of immediately, even though recently it hasn't been a thing coming out of you know their media uh, outlets because of their personnel. But yeah, exactly what said. I think that that is definitely uh, right where my mind went, and as it's already stated, I think we're going to see that as well. Well, um, with how Pop manages this, we go to Christmas Day game. You know, yep. National television. I'm eating my turkey, my roast yep. beef. I don't want to see Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. Do I see them on the bench? No, they don't even nope. show up in Miami. In Miami, 
Yeah. Not, they went to Milwaukee. No disrespect to Milwaukee. Chicago right. in the winter. They talk Miami, South Beach. Go get a tan. They don't even get on the plane. That's that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Yeah, well, I'm with you. That's crazy. Well, I, I'm glad you enlightened me on that. Thank you for that. To sign off before, um, or before we sign off, I got to ask, said, will you be at the Jerry Colangelo Golf Classic this Thursday uh, and Friday? Friday, yeah, I will be there. I definitely will be there. Jerry's done a lot, uh, not only for the, the state of Arizona, but basketball period, but what he, what he does for the Hall of Fame is just great. And it would be interest, interesting to see if the, the, the newly inducted guys will be there too. Uh, if I can see Dirty Dirk and the rest of the guys. Dirk's not really a great golfer, but uh, it would be nice to see the guys. And every year they ask me, I'm I'm more than happy to go. Yeah, I'll be there uh, covering that event on Friday and it'll be the Thursday night dinner. I'm really looking forward to meeting Nancy Lieberman. You know, she's a great ambassador for women's basketball and Myers too, who actually, you know, is in the Suns organization by uh, covering the games for both the Mercury and the Suns. Um, I'm, I'm, I really, really want to hear some women's basketball stories from them uh, because they are the legends of legends in, in the uh, women's basketball space, especially with the WNBA playoffs going on right now. And Nancy Lieberman actually played for the Mercury when the league's WNBA started in 1997, and she was the oldest player to play at age 39 and then came back, I believe, um, years later at age 50, uh, in a second comeback out of retirement. So I'd love to hear her, her stories about that. Uh, when she, she also went to training camp in the NBA. That's right. She did. She so, got... you know, right. and, I, and I think one, uh, one or two, uh, at that time would it, it, obviously more of them could make an NBA team now, but I think at that time it was definitely, um, if she was on the right team, uh, she would have made that squad. And I think Cheryl Miller, would have made anybody squad. Uh, maybe not been a starter, but she would have definitely been a player who Cheryl Miller would have gotten minutes on an NBA team uh, when, when she was in her prime. And Ann Myers was actually drafted by the Pacers. Yes. She was, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was drafted by the Indiana Pacers yeah, after playing for the uh, 76 Olympic team, you know, coming out of UCLA, you know, if I have my uh, history right. So I also hey, saw uh, a clip of you dunking, uh, said, sorry, who you got something else to say, Patrick? Because I want to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead with that. And then I, I do have a right, something yeah. I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, said you, you, you dunking still. Are you still are you playing pickup ball again? No, I haven't started playing pickup yet. Uh, but since, you know, my health issues and, you know, learning how to walk again and run and sprint. So I'm just gradually getting back. I figure I have a next summer. Next summer, you're definitely going to see me in uh, not only 50 and over leagues, man. You're going to see me trying to play in the Drew and all the other stuff, man. I def I give myself a whole year of working out and training to try to get myself back to just play. And I'm not trying to get a two-day or, or, or a 10-minute contract from anybody. I, I just love playing the game. And, yes, uh, sir. I, I just said to myself when I couldn't walk that not only will I walk again, but I'm going to be dunking and playing again. So I'm, I'm in that process to do it. Thank you, man, Doc. Bless up for that, because I saw that camera angle from, like, the bottom. It was kind of, yeah. you know. Uh, so I'm going to have to switch the angle, because I got a lot of haters. It's like, oh, that's an eight-foot cord. Here we go. Come to my gym set. I had to ask if it was regulation. Yeah, I'm going to have to change the angle on that, because I was the only one in there, so it was nobody to hold the camera. That's the best place I can find to put it, so – I'll I'll break the tripod out for you guys in the measuring. There you go, Sid. Yeah, come over to our gym, our high school gym. I got the huddle. Uh, there set you up. go. 
There they go. won't question that. Yeah, yeah but Dana, I want to uh, give a huge shout out to John Bloom. So uh, yes. they officially announced he's replacing uh, our legendary Al McCoy, a play-by-play. Uh, John's an amazing guy, um, you know, good friend, and uh, no one more deserving. So uh, congratulations to him. I think uh, he's going to do an amazing job with that. So just want to make sure we gave him that shout out. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to my man, Bloom. He's also a huge Tribe Called Quest native tongue uh, rap group fan. So I, I really, really that's respect him for his knowledge on that. And also, he went to Syracuse. I grew up as a Georgetown fan, but that's all right. You know what I'm saying? So, so good. Battles right there, bro. Hey, oh, man. I got to talk to Zoe uh, on Friday that 92 uh, Big East championship in the tournament that that was a really, really bad no call. He did get fouled down in the post, and they should have went to the line to win it for them. That was the, that was a big gaffe by the refs. I, I'm still still not feeling that now, thirty something years later. But anyway, hey, I, I got an opportunity to see um, Fifty Years of Hip Hop. Uh, they they're airing it. I think it's on YouTube. Oh yeah, you to see Run DMC. I know you laughed before they performed. Yeah, I did see the clip, uh, but you know, I, I'm very happy that they did get to perform. You know, I, they were kind of lethargic. I mean, that is, it was late, and they're you know over. They're close to 60 years old now, and you respected Run and DMC for doing that. You know, at, at the Yankee Stadium. I mean, I, it, it was 120 when they got on. You know, and I left at like 115 with my wife. We had to get back to our daughter who was getting babysat. So, you know, we had to ride the train. Back downtown from the Bronx, you know, into Manhattan, so in Midtown. We had to do what we had to do, but respect to the Kings of Rock, to run DMC. Respect to you both, Sedge Sabalas and Dr. Patrick Batillo for co-hosting with me on the Inferno, episode 35. I'm Dana Scott. Till next week, y'all, we'll be giving you more about what we see from training camp and media day. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.